Hi everyone, thank you for joining me of episode two of Self-Care Way to Success. And today I have a very special guest with me, my mom. And I think she's gonna have a lot to contribute about advice for the younger generation, raising a well-rounded kid, as I've been complimented quite often on what my mom did differently and what strategies she employed to make me who I am today. And my mom has a crazy amount of experience, life experience, work experience, being a property manager, having a bachelor's degree in education, among others. And she raised two great kids, my brother and I. So mom, just say hi to everyone, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Leanda, and um, it's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so I guess we could just get right into it. So. Um, do you have any general advice to parents trying to raise kind, well-rounded, driven adults in the age of social media and the way that the world is today? Well, basically, I feel if, if you want your child to be kind, respectful, you have to teach those things when they're young. I raise both my kids very different from what society standards are. I let them have a voice. I listen to them and I let them just make their own choices with my guidance. So if you want your child to be well-rounded with social media, you have to not give in to the masses. You have to monitor the time spent on the phone and on the computer and get back to the core of talking to your child, listening to your child, understanding how your child feels about certain situations. Well, I think also growing up, I didn't really have a lot of screen time. I definitely think my generation and maybe the generation before and after it are probably some of the last kids who like had chalk when they were outside playing or playing with water or going outside and entertaining yourself with sticks or hide and seek versus now you see two-year-olds and three-year-olds with screens in their hand before they even get a chance to really be a kid well the world has a tendency to dictate some households during the time that you grew up some may say, well, phones weren't that prevalent or, you know, it was hard to get a phone. Even still, when you had received your first phone, we kind of still talked a lot. We had pillow talk when we went to sleep. We had mealtime talk. We had talk. One of my rules as a parent, and I still, you know, invoke it today with my friends that have kids. Whenever I would pick you up from school, there was no talking on the phone to anyone but you to learn about your day to get your raw emotion, to make sure you were feeling okay. No matter who called me, they already knew between the hours of two to three or three to four, do not call me because I was bonding with my daughter. And the same went for your brother as well. Okay, okay, I definitely agree with that. I think that you were very much a hands-on parent and very involved in my life. And I think that having that support and having the freedom to kind of just explore everything and chase my dreams made it so that I had the confidence to overcome challenges and excel in any area of my life that I think becomes harder and harder to instill when you can easily compare yourself from like a phone screen or a computer. It just becomes more difficult. But there are, there are many methods out here, I think. I think, you know, you can be innovative and, and change things up. Do you have any general advice for the younger generation? My advice for the younger generation would be... Um... Just follow your path, follow your dreams, um, follow God, put God first, not any entity. I'm saying God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just put him first and don't compare yourself to other people, what they have going on. Because when you grew up, it was um, a lot of obstacles as far as 
you know, we being able, your father and I, to provide you with things that other kids couldn't afford or didn't have. And then along with um, your intelligence and your beauty, it was kind of hard to maneuver around the bullying that you, that you experienced. And so when you experienced that, I just listened to you. And I do have one story that's very important about listening to your child. I remember when you were going to a private school um, and you were always, it got to a point where you were just so tired all the time, just tired. And I couldn't figure it out. And you kept telling me, mom, mom, you know, I'm just, I don't know what it is. And I became proactive and sought three different doctors till I finally found out, you know, what the issue was. And I think as a parent, you have to listen, 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 listen to your child. And as a child, you have to take the guidance from your parents. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of parents <clears throat> being diagnosed with lupus and everything, I think a lot of parents kind of like hear, but they don't really listen. And I understand with the craziness of life and having a job and trying to provide for your family and stuff like that, it can be kind of hard to, to entertain your kids' thoughts, your teenagers' thoughts. But that's the essence of who they are. And they're really trying to figure out who they're going to become in life. And these are the moments that matter. So remembering that, I think, as a parent is is going to completely shift your relationship with your child as a whole and really build something foundational that will create a great relationship with them as they as they get older. Well, you know, some of the things that that um, parents can work with their kids now, like like I said, not to be repetitive, but listen to them. If they say they they don't like something, give them a chance to try it. And then if they tell you they don't like it, hear them. If they say they want to play softball, but they end up playing volleyball, listen to them because they are young, their minds are being molded. And don't, as a parent, invoke on your child the life that you wanted for yourself. Let your child be a butterfly. Let them fly free and let them do what they want to do. And your lupus diagnosis was hard for me. And it wasn't until you set me down and I had to listen to you for you to tell me just because I couldn't see it doesn't mean that it wasn't real. But I actually was witnessing your bouts of tiredness, your bouts of depression, and your your bouts of aches and pains where we ended up in the ER sometimes. So again, just as a parent, listen to your child. I have a little anecdotal story that, you know, um, I read to you when you were a little girl. It was about a child who... Um, Father was just working all the time, busy, 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 busy. So the child asked the father, how much do you make an hour? So the father was all engrossed in what he was doing. He was like, I don't know, $50 an hour, I don't know. So the little boy um, asked his dad, can I borrow $50? And the dad was like, what do you want? Some kind of gadget, toy, what? And so he's like, can I just have $50? So his dad was like, I don't have it. So he went upstairs, busted open his piggy bank, had portions of the money, went to the mom, got the rest of the money, went back to his dad, and handed the money to his dad and his dad still engrossed in his work was like, what, what do you, what is this? He said, I just want to buy an hour of your time. So that really resonated with you and me. So the bottom line is just spend time with your kids and listen to them because they did not ask to be here. Wow. Great, great advice. Um, what are some major challenges that you feel like the younger generation faces that you really didn't have some maneuver growing up? Well, the biggest one, of course, is social media. Uh, like you said, during my generation, we played outside. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. We just had the dirt, the rocks, the trees, the sun. 
I think it's a lot of bullying going on now with the younger generation because of social media. And you can even try to have a positive social media page, but somebody is going to find something negative about everything that people do. So I just wish we could put our phones down sometimes and just listen to one another and interact with one another and see the goodness and the kindness in one another and be a service to one another. The thing, the biggest lesson that I've gotten out of life is be, have servitude towards others. And that will just create happiness in your life when you know you can serve others. So the young people just need to like build each other up, not tear each other down. Stop having the crab barrel mentality where I'm not going to let you make it to the top. I'm going to knock you down so I can get there. Build together and they'll be a lot happier. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think that, you know, it's nice that the younger generation has more of a limited tolerance for being mistreated or injustice. But I think cancel culture has become toxic in many ways in the sense that we really don't you know, celebrate people for just trying to be successful, just trying to do something. Like, when did it become cool not to try? Uh, if I'm allowed, there's there's something that I would like to say, uh, something that happened to you at the private school, that it started out for your bad and it ended up in, in you know, for your good. Mm -hmm. If you if the time allots for us um, and it's, I have your permission to move forward with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> so, um, the private school, which I will not mention, um, Maya was a debater. She wanted to be on the debate team. She wanted to be on the mock trial team. She wanted, she wanted these things for herself and she, she conquered that. So during the time before we knew about the lupus diagnosis, Maya was absent a lot from school because literally she could not get out the bed and she paid for this trip to go to this, what was it called Maya? Model United Nations. Model United Nations. And the day before the trip was to depart, she was informed that she could not go because she had missed a couple of days out of school. So me being a proactive parent, got on the phone, called the administration and got our doctor involved and she got notices and she was allowed to go. She was allowed to attend. So immediately there was hesitation and pullback from the school. And uh, I can let Maya explain, you know, what the pullback was in her own words. Well, I think it was just the school was just a really toxic environment. I think that it provided a lot of opportunity with the teachers and the trips that I was able to go on. But in terms of the support system, it was really sink or swim. I really didn't feel like anyone was kind of understanding what I was going through as a minority and bullying and trying to balance advanced classes with extracurriculars because they were all mandatory you could not do an extracurricular and basically I was trying to take this biology exam and I was just like oh my god I can't take this anymore and I wrote it on my tests not thinking that it would be misconstrued as something more than just hey she's super stressed out she needs to take a break and it was they called all the administrators into the office like um it was just a mess in my that particular incident they called um her dad and they called me and the first word i heard was we are going to baker act your daughter well, well at the time you know i'm like for what well she wrote this comment on her paper and if you don't come here in the next few minutes blah 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 let me tell you something we broke every traffic law to get to that school and when we got there they had my small petite 10th, 11th grade child surrounded by three men and one small woman.
who was actually an advocate for Maya. And immediately when they saw us walk in, they kind of like, literally they were hoovering over her, dispersed. And um, I had to be removed from the room because that was very um, intimidating as a mom to see that. And the bottom line is they had no just cause because she was going through a lot and there was nobody at that school that would listen to her. Um, and they had a psychology department and they just would not take the time for her. So needless to say, the trip that she went on, when she got on the bus to go on the trip, they treated her, you know, okay, you could sit up, sit by us, group of girls or whatever. But when she got to, was it DC, Maya? Yeah, DC, it was Georgetown Invitational, yeah. When she got there, the room assignments had already been assigned. So they told Maya that she had to have a room by herself. So she called me crying, mom, I don't have anybody. Nobody wants to be my friend. So I'm the type of person that if something bad looks bad, it's going to work out for your good. So I told her to just go to the room by herself. She could call me as much as she want and she could work on her. Um, my presentation, my conclusion, my position paper, all that good stuff. Now, keep in mind, this was a, a, a mock trial of how many people? Oh, like thousands of people from all over the world. From all over, from all over, from California to Florida. Needless to say, the young girls um, that had to share a room, they knocked on the door while I was on the phone with Maya. So she became extremely excited and was like, Mom, they're knocking. Maybe they want to come. You know what they wanted? They wanted her to move to the other room because the other room wasn't clean and they wanted to be in the room where she was. I told her absolutely not. So the girls left, treated her badly. Maya is a very um, friendly person, so she connected with some other groups. And the funniest thing about that is... When she went down to the to the trials, it was so many students in that hotel and it was like restaurants, correct, Maya? There were restaurants in the hotel. But when the sessions were over, you know, if you have thousands of people and you only have like five restaurants, the lines are going to get crowded. Maya was able to go to her room where she was alone and order room service. So she still could, could excuse me, she still could, could continue to work on her presentation. And I will let Maya finish and tell you what happened in the end. Well, um, in connecting with other people at the conference, like, I really kind of, it was just a big self-love moment for me because I connected with so many different people that I'm still friends with to, the, to this very day, like on Instagram, on Snapchat, on social media, and they would save seats for me. They would always go out to get lunch with me. They saw me as a leader in many ways, and they were just so excited to, to do whatever Maya was doing, right? And this is people separate from my school. I never felt that in my school. So it kind of just reaffirmed to me, no, you are a great person. It's just you're in this environment right now that isn't conducive to your growth. So I went to the conference, presented my presentation, and then they were handing out the awards then the ceremony. And, you know, I was kind of freaking out a little bit because they do it backwards. They do like the lowest tier to the highest tier. They got to the second tier, which was like, I think, um, top delegate. And the, the number one is best delegate. And top delegate, they called out someone. And I was like, oh, God, there's no way I won like the entire thing. Like there's <laughs> I'm like, they're running out of things to say. Like they, they're running out of awards to give. And then like they said best delegate, Maya Pilgrim. <laughs> from my school and I was like okay this is I'm and, she, and, and Maya takes it very lightly but at this particular school they had never won she was the first one to win she was the first female to win and she was the first African female person to win and this was a school that kids called her a monkey 
So I'm just going to leave that right there. So again, if you just listen to your child and teach your child that in every moment in life, something may not look good, but it's going to turn out for the betterment of you. Yeah, I think. And they were so the, the looks I got. Oh, the, the niceness you got on the way back to the oh, school. Oh, yeah, they were like, you know, but the looks I got initially were like, Maya won? Like, they were so taken aback. But I think me being alone in that hotel room me, meant that I wasn't distracted. It meant that I had a chance to focus and really learn how to win this, right? Because I had been to a conference before, but this is the first time I decided that I wanted to take it seriously. And that was a very big lesson in the sense that, okay. if, you, if you, like, focus on something and you devote your time to it, you can succeed. That's the de definition of success, according to Earl Nightingale, is if you say you're going to do something or be something and you accomplish it, then you are successful. And when she set off to go to this conference, she said, I am going to win Best Delegate. And she did everything in her power to make that happen. So I'm learning from, from her that whatever I want, speak it, believe it, and receive it, and I shall have it. And that's what I would pass on to the young generation as well. If you want something in life, set a goal to make it happen. See yourself already seeing that it has happened, taking place, and then you'll conquer it every time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you can, you can get stuck in a season where it can seem difficult or uncomfortable, but success and growth is, is really not going to happen in your comfort zone. It's going to happen when you're uncomfortable. And I, I would have been more comfortable with roommates, but I needed to be uncomfortable without roommates in order to really push myself to achieve that goal. And I think now, that if you had known that before you left, that you were going to be in a room by yourself or you could choose to be in a room with someone else, would you have chose to be in a room by yourself? Um, if I knew ahead of time that I would win, of course, but um, no, because, you know, I, I was really sticking to myself. I went to... I was going to the restaurants by myself. I was kind of just exploring the city by myself. And, you know, when you're 16, 17, you kind of crave that girl group, right? So I decided, you know what? There's no one in my school in my respective delegation group. Why don't I just make friends? And I made amazing friends. I made lifelong friends. And I think that those relationships were infinitely better than whatever artificial thing I was chasing from these girls from my school. But, but what really got me was on the bus ride back, they, oh, can I touch your gavel? You wanna sit with us? It was, it was the fakery for me, but Maya being who she is, received them. She wasn't mean to them. She wasn't like, oh, you didn't, she, you know, she allowed them to, to embrace our school won this rather than Maya won this for our school. And that's one of the things that I admire about my daughter and I love about my daughter. She always sees the good in the situation, even dealing with lupus. She always finds a way to find the good um, in something. And I'm very proud that um, I can be, be with her on this journey. <laughs> Thanks. Well. Thanks. But I just didn't see the point in kind of. But I think that's that's a lesson, too. Like people want to be a part of the outcome, not the journey. There is an old saying that says everybody wants the glory, but nobody wants the story. Yeah. And like they weren't like I even asked to go hang out with them while I was like trying to prep my um, speeches and stuff like that for the for the conference in my room. And they said, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hmm. I always wonder, like, do they regret like not hanging out with me? Maybe they would have. Well, you know, they do because you had a couple of them call you and apologize to you. 
for treating you the way they treated you in high school. Oh, yeah, that's happened on multiple occasions, even from middle school friends. And I just, at this point, you know, I think a small circle with quality over quantity is is infinitely better than just trying to... Well, yesterday's um, church sermon was about four types of people. You have the poison people, the people that you have to just set way to the side because they're very, very toxic. You have water, the water people, they're everyday people, the people that, hi, how are you? Can I help you? Then you have your people that just drain everything out of you. Those are called the prune juice people, the people that just literally drain your energy. And then you have the double espresso people, the people that lift you up, that want you to move forward. So again, I would tell the young people today, categorize your friends because there's another cliche, show me your friends and I can tell you who you are. Yeah. So what do you think self-care with success means in your own words? Self-care and you have taught me so much about you have to be okay. And um, one of my things um, is I can't fill your cup if my cup is not running over. I can't give you anything inside of me unless I'm full and then you get the excess. So I think self-caring your way as I watch you is making sure that you're mentally, physically, emotionally stable before you can offer anything to anybody else. And there have been times that you, you know, show boundaries with me. Like mom, today is not a good day. I need to get my mental. And as Maya progresses in this journey, there are a lot of stories that she has in her young life that can help somebody. Um, and I'm not going to put all her cookies out right now, but there are a lot of <laughs> things that she has self way her, her self-care, self-love. And uh, it worried me for a while, but she methodically has her own methods. But self-care in your way is making sure that you're okay first. Fill, filling your cup and then giving anyone else what splashes over. Yeah, yeah that's, that's essentially it for sure. Um, do you have any final pieces of advice for people listening in the audience that you want to leave them with to share, share, share this podcast, um, to write in <laughs> to Maya to, you know, um, to let her interview, interview you or buy her a cup of coffee, as she says, but basically service, gratitude, thankfulness. And, um, if you have those three things in your life, you can conquer anything in life. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, mom. You're <laughs> I welcome. Re really appreciate your perspective. Please stay tuned for the next episode where I'm going to dig into some of the stories that my mom kind of mentioned here. Also, we have an Instagram and a website if you want to support with a recent blog post that I just put up there. And I hope you guys have an amazing, positive, beautiful day. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.